All right, come on, 10 o'clock. You feeling good? Good to be in God's house this morning? Good to be in church. I'm going to ask you to do that one more time. Help me say hello to everyone who's a first-time guest. My name is Michael. We're thrilled that you're here and to all of your church family who still might be watching on the other side of those cameras this morning. Come on, would you help me say hello this morning? We're glad you all are here. And excited to dive into our next week of Running with the Giants. This series is a lot of fun for us. Uh, we, we use it to pull out some characters of the Bible and talk about the major lesson we could learn from their life, the theme of their life. So I'll jump into that in just a second. But before I do, I want to let you know some changes coming next week. And um, all of this is happening quick, all right? So we're uh, making decisions as quickly as we possibly can. Um, and uh, even our staff last week, we got up and said, all right, the mandate's been lifted by the state, and so then we kind of came into staff meeting this week, and we're all like, what, what does that mean? How do we, what are we going to do? How do we do all this stuff? So uh, a lot happening right now, but all good stuff, all exciting stuff. So nice to, I know my wife already said it, so nice to see faces. Like, uh, it hit me this morning driving to church that there's some of y'all who've been here the whole time, and it has been over a year since I actually saw your face, and um, that's just crazy to me, but I... I, I do have good news for you this morning. I can confirm, True Life, y'all are good-looking church. Y'all are right. Y'all are all right. All right, you you done well. All right, so um, glad glad that we get to do that. And I got to, I got to hug somebody today. I got. I mean, I technically I've been sneaking some hugs even when you weren't supposed to, but um, I got like real hugs today. Come on, felt good. Felt good. All right. Uh, so uh, next weekend there there are some things happening, some changes happening as it as it pertains to kids' life. So parents, guardians. Uh, pay close attention here, because um, next week some things will, will start to happen differently there. It'll start to look a little bit more like what things look like pre-COVID. I know it's been so long, we don't know what that was. Um, but here's the first one, is that pre-registration will now be optional. You don't have to sign your kids up ahead of time to come to church, all right? So you can just show up. Now, you can if you want. Like that, If that makes it easier for you to get here and the, and the sticker's already printed and all of that, that option will continue to exist. And then our self-check-in tablets where you can just walk up and put your phone number in and the stickers will print out for your kids. Those will open up uh, as well next weekend. So excited to have those back. Uh, CDC still does encourage kids pre-K to 5th to wear a mask. And so uh, we're telling you that's the guidance. Uh, it's your decision. As a parent, we will not turn anyone away from our kids' life environments based on whether or not they have a mask on. We just want to be responsible and share the information with you the way it's coming from the people who are experts on this stuff. Uh, and then here's the big one, y'all. Ready? Next weekend, the playground is open, everybody. Come on. Isn't that awesome? I'm getting on that thing. I'm going in there again. There's no weight limit. I know some of y'all are concerned. I just want to tell you, we verified when we built it. There is no I mean, for what that thing costs, there better not be a weight limit. All right, so um, in fact, y'all, maybe you don't know this. When we were building that, you know who the first person down that slide was? They hadn't even put a back. There was no net on it. I actually risked my own life because it was that important to me to be first. Come on. <laughs> and uh, that thing's fast, too. It's, it's fun. So the playground will be open, and um, kids will have a chance to play there before this service, in between services, after uh, the last service. So it'll open uh, prior to and after each service where we have kids. And we're, we're working as hard as we can. It really comes down to those of you who are finding your way back and finding your way in for the first time onto our dream team, onto our serving teams. If you have a heart for the next generation, uh, that will really fuel how fast we get Kids Life open in our third service. So right now it's open during the 10 and the 1130. 
and uh, we look forward to having it open during the 8.30 as well. I was actually really uh, amazed at the number of people were in our 8.30 this morning without Kids Life open. So, um, so, so, so exciting to have all those things happening, and we'll try to keep you caught up on everything as it happens. I also want to let you know about this event that's happening on June 6th. We're just trying to do uh, everything we possibly can to help those of you who have started attending True Life over the last 12 months, and there's a lot of you, a lot of, a, a lot of you um, who this has become your church over the last 12 months. And if you haven't had a chance to connect with leaders yet, um, we'd love to have lunch with you. It's free. We'll take care of you. We'll have good food. And um, my wife and I will be there along with all of the paid staff of our church. We've capped it at 20 people, uh, and that includes the staff. So um, we want to keep it intimate. We want to have a chance just to connect with you and get to know you, uh, let you hear the story of how we got to where we are and where we're headed, answer your questions. And uh, so if you're kind of kicking the tires here and trying to figure out if this is the place for you, um, and maybe you're not even ready to make that commitment to life track yet and membership and finding a team to serve on, We'd love to hang out with you. Love to have lunch with you Sunday, June 6th at 1 p.m. You can sign up at truelife.church forward slash meet the leaders. Or if you have the True Life Church of Newark app on your phone, you can go over to that events tab, tap that. You'll see the Meet the Leaders luncheon. You can register right through there. All right, come on. Y'all ready for God's word this morning? Want to get into it? All right, this whole series is built on this passage of scripture right here, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, and that word therefore is a reference back to chapter 11, which is what we call the Hall of Fame of faith, this whole list of great heroes of our faith. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by all of these heroes, this great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And hey, y'all, you have a race that is, that is marked out for you to run. Like there, there is something God wants to do in your life and through your life, and it's important that you are running your race. I said this to you last weekend, you are God's plan. You are, and I am, and there is not a plan B. That's it. He, he wants to use his people. He wants to use his church to accomplish his will. You are God's plan. I am God's plan. There is no plan B. So it's very important that we get in our lane, that we run the race that God has asked us to run. Come on, y'all. Are you with me? Uh, we're doing this as a church, okay? So I know with all the, like, the mandates lifting and all that kind of stuff, there's, there, even still, there's a lot of feelings about that. I just want to tell you, our lane is Jesus, so don't bring all the political arguments and all that stuff in, in with you here. Come on, when we come together here, you can wear the mask if you need to. You can take it off if you want to. I don't care. We're here to worship Jesus. We're here to pursue Jesus. We're here to live our lives for Jesus. Come on, we're going to stay in our lane. You with me? We're going to stay in our lane, all right? And uh, so today we're going to look at a guy from your Bible by the name of Jonah. And um, even if you didn't grow up in church, chances are you've at least heard the name or a little bit of the story of Jonah. Y'all kind of probably know how it goes. Uh, God asked Jonah to go do something. He asked him to go to the city of Nineveh and, uh, and go, go preach, basically. Go on a mission uh, to the city of Nineveh and, and tell them, hey, you got to change. Uh, God, God wants something different for you. Um, and Jonah says, no, I don't like the people of Nineveh. Come on, has anybody ever been asked to love somebody you don't like? Come on, ever, been asked, ever had to serve somebody you don't really like that much? Come on, anybody? Y'all are a bunch of liars. You absolutely have. Come on, it's, it's just, it just happens. And so God says, hey, go serve Nineveh. And Jonah says, I don't like Nineveh. Let him burn. That's kind of his attitude. He says, I'm not going. So he runs from God, hops on a ship. We'll read the story here in a second. And um, so God allows the storm to come up. 
and the ship is getting thrown back and forth and it's on the verge of breaking up. These guys are freaking out. They think they're going to die. And, and, Noah, and Jonah says, hey, guys, this is my fault. I'm the reason this is happening. Throw me overboard. Then what happens? He gets swallowed by a fish, spends three days in the belly of the fish, then gets vomited up on the, on the seashore. And finally, he says, okay, God, I'll do what you want. Come on. I'll, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. And I pray for you today that you don't have to be swallowed by anything for God to get your attention. I'm hoping, I'm hoping today we can accomplish it without that happening. Come on, how many would like to avoid the fish? Sounds gross, all right. And uh, so if Jonah could stand in this place today and say to us, here's the theme of my life, here's what you should learn from my, my life and the choices that I made, I, I think... I think Jonah might say this to us. He might say, hey, for the times in your life when you've chosen poorly. Come on, anybody ever made a mistake? No, y'all are so holy that none of you. Okay, let me rephrase. How many of you know somebody who made a mistake? Come on. All right, there we go. Find, I'll find a way around that pride. For the seasons in our lives where we've messed up, and if I could just full transparency, that's me a lot. Come on, I've messed up a lot. I've had, I've had many times in my life where I've chosen poorly. But here's what I think what Jonah would say to us, for when you've chosen poorly, God will always, everybody say always, God will always give you another chance. Come on, aren't you thankful for that? For the times where you have completely blown it, and if we're really honest with ourselves today, some of us are in the middle of that right now. You've made a mess. And you're trying to figure out, what do I do with this? Some of us are trying to hide it. Some of us are running from it. But Jonah would say, hey, listen, I've been there. I disobeyed God. He will always give you another chance. Let's look at the story a little bit. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Like that doesn't even really sound fun. I understand. Like Jonah already didn't like them, so he doesn't like them. And God's saying basically like, hey, Jonah, go make them not like you. Because he's going to roll up into Nineveh and be like, hey, Nineveh, everybody gather around. Listen, I got something to tell you. Hell. Come on, that's why. That's what he's about. He's like, hey, if y'all don't get your act together, bad things are happening. God has, God has noticed. It says your wickedness has come up before me. How many know that is never a fun message? Like, I want to tell you, if you're trying to reach your friends and family today, I don't recommend that strategy. Don't be like, hey, um, I just need to tell you something. Hell, you. I would just, I would just not recommend that. I don't think it's going to be effective. But Jonah, instead of doing what God told him to do, ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, not Maryland, this is in the Middle East, where he found a ship. That was funnier in my head whenever I said, first service, they laughed at that. Whatever. See, now here's the deal. For weeks, people have been coming to me going, listen, if you can't hear people laughing, don't worry about it, Pastor. It's because our voices don't travel through the masks. Well, now I know y'all were lying. Because there's no masks and you weren't laughing. All right. He found a boat headed for, for that port, headed to Tarshish. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out 
to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. And then we know the story. I think this is where we can learn from Jonah's life. And I, I want to be honest with you, the first three kind of little points I'm going to share with you here, actually the first two, uh, they might have a little edge to them, a little, little cut to them, all right? So just, just kind of let your heart be open to what God might want to do in your, in your life this morning. I promise we will end on a life-giving note, but we got to be real about some stuff uh, to get where God wants to take us today. And Jonah gives us a beautiful example of where to start when you've made a mess, when you've made some mistakes. These sailors think they're going to die. The storm, the wind is blowing, and Jonah comes up, and he says, hey, guys, it's, it's, I'm the reason that this is happening. And when you've got mistakes in your life, when you've got a storm going, come on, how many have ever had the decisions you make create a storm for somebody else? How many have ever been on the receiving end of a storm that somebody else created with the decisions that they made? So Jonah does something extremely important here. He, he takes responsibility for his bad choice. And if you want to get back on track, if you want what God has planned for your life, this is where you've got to start. You're going to have to own it. You're going to have to get to the place where you can look yourself in the mirror and say, yep, I messed that up. I blew it. It's not their fault, it's not their fault, it's not his fault, it's not hers fault, her, hers, it's not her fault, that's a potato chip. This could be hers fault, I'm so, no, I'm just, <laughs> come on, you're going to have to take responsibility for your choice. It's, it's not a fun one, but you should amen it anyway, because it's true. This is where it all starts. Nothing works until I'm willing to take responsibility for my bad choice. And, and like, we don't even do this in our society now, right? Everything is somebody else's fault, right? We, we point the finger, it's the blame. Some of us, even in our relationships and our marriages right now, God would love to restore what's going on in your family, but you're gonna have to stop blaming each other first. The healthiest relationships exist when people stop blaming each other and they start taking ownership for their part. So you're going to have to start there. Take responsibility for your bad choice. Jonah did. He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Some of y'all husbands need to say that to your wife today. Just throw me overboard, babe. I'm sorry. And she'll be like, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't. He replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is, everybody say it, my fault. It's my, it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Now, if Jonah lived in 2021, he'd be tempted to say, it's Nineveh's fault. If they weren't so evil, God wouldn't have had to ask me to go, and I wouldn't have been on this boat to begin with, and Nineveh, he'd be all Instagramming how terrible Nineveh, cancel Nineveh, that'd be Jonah's, hashtag cancel Nineveh, come on, that would be Jonah's deal. And instead, he says, no. It's my fault. And listen, I just need you, I don't want to get into all the details. I'm qualified to say this to you today. All right, I've lived through some stuff. I've been on the receiving end of abuse. 
But there comes a point where you have to decide if you're going to own your choices or not. Right? Like, I've been a victim, but I'm not going to stay a victim. you got to make that decision. It's only a decision you can make to say, I've got pain, I've got wounds, I've got scars, but I get to own my choices, and, and, and Jonah does that. Proverbs 28, 13 says, a man who refuses, this goes, goes for ladies too, a, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can, what? Never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets, everybody say it out loud, another chance. Isn't that awesome? I'm so thankful for that. If we, if we refuse to admit them, we're in trouble. And here, here's, the, here's the really scary thing that I see sometimes trying to help people, pastor people, lead people. So, some of us are so caught up in our pride. We're so convinced that we've got it right and we're making all the right choices that we can't even see how, how, what a mess, what a storm we're creating around us. Can I just submit to you this morning that it might be that we need to redefine success in our lives. Let me give you the simplest definition of, of success I think I could give you this morning. Obey God. The level of your success is determined by the level of our obedience. That, that's, it's really that simple. The more I do what God has asked me to do with my life, the more successful I will be. Because success is just my heavenly father going, good job. You got it. You did it. And Jonah says, I, I, I messed up, guys. And so he got another chance. And it's not just, it's not just recognizing that I blew it, that I, that I messed up. You've also got to repent and turn away from that bad choice that you made. So it's the realization like, okay, I was wrong. God, I was wrong. I'm not going to keep doing what was wrong. I'm going to turn. And God, I'm going to come do it your way. That's, that's what the word repent means. It just means to turn, to make a change. And that's what Jonah did. He says, hey, what I have vowed, what was his vow? His vow was to serve God, to follow God. He says, so, hey, God, I realized I didn't do that. I messed up. I ran from you. Now I'm going to make good on the vow. I'm gonna, God, I'm coming back. I'm going to do what you wanted me to do all along. It's, it's repentance. God, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Nineveh. I'll do what you've asked me to do. That's why Acts says, repent then, and everybody say it, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing, come on, in refreshing, awesome. Come on, summer's coming. You know what that means around true life. There's going to be one. You don't want to miss Sundays at true life in the summer because you never know when there might be like Rita's in the lobby or an ice cream truck parked in the parking lot. Come on, somebody. Just... You, that sounds like you're bribing people to come to church. 100%. 100% we are. Ref refreshing. Don't you love it when something brings refreshment into your life? I know some of y'all will think I'm weird, but I, I really can't think of anything more refreshing than an ice, like a glass of ice, and then you pour an ice-cold Pellegrino over the top of that. Oh, so good. I know some of y'all are like, what's Pellegrino? 
It's sparkling water, and I know some of y'all think it's gross, but I think it's wonderful. Don't judge me. My wife, when I have my Pellegrino, she's like, oh, I see you have your snob water. That's what she calls it. She's like, you got your snobby water that you're, don't judge me. Come on, times of refreshing. I love, when things refresh us, don't you love, come on, even even a boring meeting can be better when there's refreshments. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I'm getting bored with this. But yes, I will take one of those off of that. Yes, I don't even know what that is on a stick, but it's a refreshment. Come on, I mean, no, refreshing just makes things better. Can I get an amen this morning? Refresh. God says, look, all you got to do, stop hiding, stop blaming, make the turn, because God wants to bring refreshment into your life. Isn't that awesome? That's his plan, not guilt, not shame, refreshment. And where he really wants to get you, what Jonah was able to do is make a return to God's grace. God, I'm coming back. Watch this. Jonah blew it. He did the complete opposite of what God asked him to do. But when he owned it and repented, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. God said, good. I'm glad you came around to my way of thinking, Jonah. You get another chance. And you get another chance. And you get another chance. Do we have any golfers in the room? Anybody like to play golf? I love to play golf. I am terrible. I, people bring me for the entertainment value. Right? Like, I'm not the guy you invite because I'm going to help the team on the tournament. I'm the guy you invite because somebody's going to need something to laugh at. That's how I, I don't even keep score on the scorecard. I keep score based on how many balls are in the bag. That's how I keep score. Like, will I still have some when the day is over? Come on, anybody else? That's how I keep golf. And when you, when you play golf, there's a, there's, a, there's a word, there's a phrase for this. And so if you're out playing and, and you look back and the, and the guys behind you, they haven't caught up to you yet, and you hit a bad shot, then the guys in your group might say, go ahead, hit another one. Now, in my case, they know I'm not going to hit it better than the first one, so it's purely because they want to laugh at me. So they're like, go ahead, no, go ahead, man. Go ahead, hit another one. Watch this. That's, that's what happens. So there's a word for this, right? They call it taking a mulligan. So you get to, you get to, do, you get to take another I'm going to take a mulligan. I heard a pastor one time preaching a message called the God of the mulligan. Can I tell you, that's who he is. Because God's like, hey, I need you to go right over there. And you're like, okay. He's like, nope. I need you right there. And you're like, okay. God's like, hit another one. Hit another one. Hit another. Hey, y'all, eventually you'll get one. You'll get it there. You'll get it where it's supposed to be. He'll he'll let you take as many shots as it takes. And I think sometimes we have this view of God, this picture of God, where we're like, but I don't want to keep coming back to him. Isn't he going to get frustrated with me? I hear hear these these phrases that I have used as a parent, and probably all of us heard it from our parents too. Come on, y'all have heard it. How many times do I have to tell you? Yeah, right? We've all heard it. And so we think, I can't, I can't go back to God again. 
Because he's just going to be like, how many times, Smith? That's how the Holy Spirit talks to me. He just uses my last name. He's like, how many times, Smith? But he doesn't say that to me, ever. He's, he's never said that to me. He just says, all right, try again. Try again. Try again. Here's the word again. As many times as you need it, and that's why we can come with confidence and draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find, everybody say it, grace to help in time of need. Hey, y'all, our mistakes don't have to make us run from God. In fact, when we make a mistake, we should run to him. And you're gonna, you're gonna mess up. I'm not saying you don't try to get better. God wants to make you better. He wants to continue to change you from the inside out. But you're going to mess up. Come on, say amen this morning. Come on, elbow the person next to you who's been messing up a lot. Just go ahead. Just be like, he's talking about you. You're going to mess up. You're gonna, I saw some of you actually do it. That, how judgmental of you. <laughs> so mean. Some of you look like you're in pain right now. Some bony elbows out there. Hey, listen, a couple things I think Jonah would need you to say. He'd want you to, he'd want you to understand your mistake, it, it didn't define you. You made a mistake, you are not a mistake. Come on, y'all. Come on, I, I want you to say it out loud because I want you to get this in your spirit this morning. Come on, say, my mistake does not define me. Come on, one more time. My mistake does not define me. It, does, it doesn't. Boy, that's hard for us to get over sometimes, isn't it? We keep replaying them in our head over and over again. If, if only, if only, if only. Listen, God doesn't have any if onlys. It, it's not, it is not who you are. In fact, when we bring our mistakes to God, if we've received Jesus because of his forgiveness, his blood has cleansed us, and we, sometimes we come to God and we're like, God, remember that thing? I, you remember when I did that? And, and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've forgotten about it. And that's why, come on, there, therefore there is now how much? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means once I've owned it, once I've repented of it, and come to God's throne of grace, any voice that accuses me of that thing ever again is not God's voice, it's the enemy's voice. Right? He's the accuser. Which I just want to throw this out there right now. I just want you to think about this. So if the enemy is the accuser, and God's throne is a throne of grace, then when I hold on to something that someone's done to me and I remind them of it, who do I align with? Come on, y'all. We, we, we accidentally default to team devil sometimes, don't we? And we, we can't go there. God's got to a throne of grace, and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your mistakes do not define you. They also don't disqualify you. Because some of us think, God, God can never use me. God can never do anything with my life. What I did was too bad. It was too serious. No, he can always use you. He will always find an assignment for you. Is it possible that how he uses you could change? Sure. 
Is it possible that the type of influence you might have with people might change as you heal from the mistake that you made? Sure. But it, does it disqualify you from God's hand being on your life? Nope. And I just want to tell you, if mistakes defined you and disqualified you, then I wouldn't be able to stand here. There, there's no way I could be right here today. Because you want to talk about skeletons in the closet. I got a big old walk-in closet. Right? But thank God for his grace. Thank God that he's the God of the mulligan. You get another chance. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been what? Called according to his purpose. Your mistake never removes your calling. You're always called. You're always his plan. Come on, say amen this morning. So if I'm going to deal with my mistakes, I've got to take ownership of them, take responsibility for them. I've got to repent. I've got to turn to God. I've got to return to his grace. I've got to get some freedom. I've got to remember that those mistakes don't define me or disqualify me. But what about now the few, What about moving forward? How, I just want to ask this question this morning. And if you're comfortable with it, wave a hand at me. If you're not, that's fine too. So, so I just want to ask this question this morning. How many would like it if you could leave today better at avoiding mistakes? I, I would. And that's where I want to wrap up our time together this morning. What, what if we could create a safety net, right? What if we could create a safety net? We're kind of swinging through life. I think of those trapeze, you know, like the trapeze artists. Remember back when we had like circuses and stuff? I, don't, I guess they're still out there. Cirque du Soleil, or did I say it right? I've never been to that. Too poor. All right, so... Just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Just never tried. <laughs> Somebody like, oh, pastor, we'll send you. No, I really don't care. All right, so. And, and then what's that, you know, they have that. Honestly, I always thought the safety net looked more fun than the trapeze. You know what I'm saying? Like, can I just jump in that and bounce around a couple times? What, what, if, we could build an, what if we could build a safety net around our choices? Don't you think that would help us? Help us. So here's what I, want, I just want to give you three things you can do to build a safety net. Here's the first one. Use God's word to guide you. Use his word to guide you. And I've been doing what I do now for quite a while, like 20 years. I've been serving in church and ministry leadership and as a pastor and youth pastor what I've found is oftentimes you say something like this, use God's word to guide you, and what people hear is, go get Christian-y subculture, churchy things, get more of that in my life. Well, listen, all those are fine. Like, we sell books at the info desk. We, you can come back and listen to messages. You can attend church. I'm not talking about attending church or reading books or listening to podcasts or any of that. Here, here's what I'm talking about. Read the Bible. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Here's what I mean. Just want to help make sure you get this. Here's what I mean. Read the Bible. Read it. Okay. Well, what do you really mean? I mean uh, here's what I really mean. Read the Bible. Read it. Well, what if I don't understand all of it? 
you're not going to. Read it anyway. Because you want to know something awesome about God's word? It comes with a promise. What you are reading is not just words on a screen or ink on a piece of paper. What you are reading is supernatural. It has been inspired by the holy hand of God himself, protected throughout millennia for us to have his instruction. It is his holy word. It, and, it, and it comes to us with a promise that as I bring more of it into my life, guess what, everybody? At the moments and the seasons of my life where I need it and I didn't even real, realize what I had read and how it was going to help me, guess what? It comes back with interest on it. I, just, I can't tell you the number of times in my life that I've had a moment where, oh, yeah, I remember reading that. Now that makes sense. Just light bulb, ding, come on. Because the Bible says it never returns void. So when I read his word, I'm not just going through some sort of religious exercise. I'm not just checking off a box on the list that says I did good Christian things. I am making an investment in my soul, in my spiritual future. And it will guide me. It will guide. There's so many things that Sometimes people will come to me and they're like, well, pastor, what's your opinion on blah, blah, blah? And I'll be like, I don't have an opinion on it. God's word already spelled that out. It doesn't even matter what my opinion is. It's already written. You know how many times they would come to Jesus and they would try to catch him and they'd try to question him. And what would, remember, remember when Satan was trying to tempt him? What did, he keep, what did he keep doing? It is written. He'd go to the word. There's power in the word. Come on, say amen this morning. Even in the psalmist, he understood, hey, God, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. Your, your word is a lamp. It's a lamp. And I don't know if you know how a lamp works, but a, a, a lamp doesn't light up 100 square miles. It lights up just the area around you. This is how God wants you to use his word in your life. He's just, all right, okay, there's the path. I can go. And guess what? I know this is deep, y'all. Hang on. Hang on. If I start here, and it just lights up this little area, and I, okay, I can see the path. And then guess what? When I get over here, it lights up some more. Y'all tracking? And then when I get over here, it lights up some more. Oh, so when I get over here, it lights up some more. And I think sometimes we get in trouble because we say, hey, God, I'm, I really need to know what's going to happen down there. I really need to get, and God's just like, well, just use the lamp. Just, just use the lamp. Take the steps that are in front of you right now. Just, just use the lamp. And we, sometimes we get so far out in front of God, right? We make some, some of the mistakes we make in our life. We're like, well, God, I know I can see this over here, but I really want that, like, I really want that relationship that, that, that in my life right now that I know your word doesn't really support that, and every God-loving person in my life is telling me don't go there, but I really want it, and so I'm just going to go ahead, I'm just going to go ahead and go there. And we, we set the lamp down, and we go there. Come on, y'all. You with me this morning? Use the word. It's a lamp. And then, here's, God loves you so much, he's not just speaking to you one way. He, has, he also has the Holy Spirit speaking to you all the Like, God is always talking. Always. So, so, some of us today, this is the only prayer you need to pray today. Just be like, hey, Holy Spirit, can I have some wisdom? Can you help me? 
could you, could you help me with this decision right now? Can you help me with these choices? The Holy Spirit, is, it's a promise. Jesus said when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you. The word's gonna guide you. The Holy Spirit's gonna guide you into all the truth. Now, I don't wanna open Pandora's box this morning, but I just want you to notice the words that Jesus used. He didn't say he will guide you into your truth. He said he'll guide you into the truth. As in, there's really one version of it. Come on. And he's got it. He knows what it is. He will guide you into all the truth. And um, this isn't in your notes. You might want to save some pictures of these slides. I, I've got some questions you might want to ask the Holy Spirit in your choices that you're making. So if you want to snap a picture of the screen here, you can, or write it in your notes, whatever, whatever you want to do. But when you're praying, here's a question you could ask. Is God, uh, is, this, is this choice going to honor you? Is this going to help people move toward you? As your pastor, I would really love it. Really love it if you would ask this question before you post on social media. God, is this going to honor you? Is this going to move people toward you? Because that's really what I want my life to be. Are my choices honoring God? Here's, here's another one you could ask. Holy Spirit, how, how is this going to affect my spiritual health? Like, what's on the other side of this decision? What's the risk-reward on the chances that I get to the other side of this and I'm dealing with shame? or guilt, or another wound. How, how, how's this gonna affect my spiritual health? And listen, if you ask the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you. He'll tell you in, in his own special way, he'll, he'll tell you. Here's the last one. How's this decision gonna affect the people closest to me? How's it gonna affect the people closest to me? And I just wanna say, if you, if you love God, you'll, you'll care about the people in your life. Not like a, you better, that's just what he'll do to you. He'll just, as your heart gets closer to his heart, you'll love what he loves. If God loves people, come on, he loves you. So how, how's this decision gonna affect the people closest. This, this is one of the reasons why I try not to travel alone. This is one of the reasons why the, the wallpaper and the home screen on my phone is always something that reminds me of my family. Because I always want, I just want something there to, before I make a choice, before I visit that website, before I scroll to that whatever it is. And what would it be like for me to try to explain to my kids what I did? I, I, I borrow a little pain from the future. It's a safety net for me. Come on, y'all tracking? It's, it's a safety net for me. How, how's this decision going to affect the people closest to me? And here's the last one. If you want a safety net for your decisions, read the Bible. Use God's word to guide you. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. And then seek godly counsel. 
go find people who are a few steps ahead of you in their spiritual walk. Go find people who have the fruit in their life that you'd like to have in your life. And I know this is gonna sound really, I'm gonna try to word this the right way. But the people who have the most influence in my life are, are, I've tried to find people who, who are already successful in their obedience to God in the ways that I want to be successful in my obedience to God. Is that tracking? So like, I don't hang out with pastors who've run their church into the ground and be like, so tell, tell me how to be a better pastor. No, I, I hang out with people who are reaching lost people and seeing miracles happen and seeing transformation take place. And I say, hey, talk to me. Help me get better. Y'all tracking? Like, I'm seeing fruit from this right now. I had a conversation this past fall with my pastor, and I firmly believe every pastor needs a pastor. And he, he, we were just talking through some stuff I was dealing with, and he said, Michael, have you ever thought about, boom, 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 and he gave me a couple things. And I said, I've thought about it, I've never done it. And, and he said, I said, are you saying that I should do that? And he said, yeah, I think you should. And I said, you're my pastor. So if you tell me to do it, I'm doing it. Unless it's like not in the Bible, unless it's sin, I'll, I'll do it, I'll try it. And y'all, as I submitted to spiritual authority in my life, I'm just telling you there's fruit, there's freedom, there's health. Seek godly counsel. You, you need a few people in your life who are a few steps ahead of you in their spiritual journey who you can get a little help from. And that's why the Bible says, he who walks with the wise grows, what? Wise. But a companion, a companion of fools will suffer harm. And I, I, I want to just give you this this morning and we'll wrap it up. If you're finding a lot of this in your life right now, and I don't mean people are harming you. I mean like it seems like all of your decisions are leading to harm. And you thought you made the right choice, but it keeps coming back the wrong way, then maybe, just maybe, the enemy of your soul has convinced you that you're surrounded by the wise when in fact you're surrounded by some fools. Which is why I've said this a million times. I learned it from a lady by the name of Jeannie Mayo. I don't know who said it first. But I found it to be true. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. And so I've just decided, I've got lots of room for relationships in my life, but I'm, I'm looking for wisdom. I'm looking for people with a godly wisdom. That's who gets the most influence. That's who has the loudest voices into my life. Come on, y'all tracking with me this morning? You know, one, one of the loud ones is my wife. Whew. She's got wisdom. Like, God just talks to her. That's why I call it. Sometimes I call her Amanda. Sometimes I call her babe. Sometimes I call her wifey. And sometimes I'm just like, good morning, Holy Spirit. Come on, y'all know what I'm saying? It's, God just speaks through her. That was a joke. That wasn't blasphemy. Y'all settle down. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to end our time together. I think there's a pretty good chance somebody's listening to this message today. 
who's not had the initial moment in your life where you realize, you know what, I, I have not surrendered my life to Jesus, and that's a mistake. It was a poor choice. And today I need to own that choice. And I need to say, Jesus, I'm sorry that you have not been the Lord of my life and I'm gonna repent and turn toward you. And I'm gonna receive the gift of grace that you have for me. If you're here in person or watching online or listening to a recording later on, and it feels like these words were meant for you, they were. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. So why don't you just go ahead and settle the issue? All you need to do is talk to him. I'll give you the words right now. Just say, dear Jesus, today I'm surrendering to you. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I've not surrendered my life to you. But today that changes. I repent. And I turn to you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. The greatest gift of grace that could ever be given. And I believe three days later you rose from the dead. And you broke the curse of sin over my life. From this day on, my life belongs to you. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And I just want to ask everybody else, those of you who already have a relationship with Jesus, are there any areas of your life right now that you haven't been taking ownership of? Are you hiding, blaming? Is there an area you need to own it and say, man, I messed it up. I've caused a storm. Jesus, I'm repenting, I'm turning from that, I'm coming back to you. I receive your grace. Maybe today you're, you're feeling buried under the weight of a mistake you've made. Listen, that, that mistake didn't define you when it hasn't disqualified you. Maybe today you just need to take some steps, build some new safety nets. If you find yourself in one of those categories, I just wanna pray for you this morning before we go. Heavenly Father, you know our hearts, you know every story. You know where we're at. I I pray that every single person listening to this message right now would have the courage to be honest about the choices they're making. And if we've chosen poorly that we would take responsibility of it for it we would own it god help us to repent and to turn back to you help us to receive your grace help us to find freedom from those mistakes god and i pray that each and every person today would be intentional about putting safety nets around their choices god give your people a passion a hunger for your word Help us to be in the habit of consulting you in every decision that we make, coming to you, Holy Spirit, for wisdom. And God, help us to choose the relationships that will set us up for success. Obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray.
And if you receive it, everybody would just say, amen. God bless you guys. Love you all.